Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Church Australia. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. Fantastic. Let's be in prayer. Lord, we put our hope in you. You are our hope and our shield. In you our hearts rejoice, for we trust in your holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone, in you and your resurrection. We thank you for your great love and mercy and for your grace that comes to us through Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Wow. Confetti cannons, eh? I didn't say this to the first service, but uh, Gateway is 35 years old today. And who knew when we were in that garage back in Lang Warren that we'd have confetti cannons? God is good, eh? God is good. I want to talk to you about grace this morning. Grace is a concept that many Christians find engaging, maybe even enchanting. We teach about it, we sing about it, we write about it, we we even tweet about it these days. And watching on, sometimes I wonder whether our love for the concept of grace means that we forget it's not just a doctrine. Grace is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. According to theologian N.T. Wright, with Jesus, God's rescue operation has been put into effect. A great door has been swung open in the universe, which can never again be shut. So I want to share with you this Easter Sunday morning about God's amazing grace. And I wager that when I say those words, amazing grace, some of you who have been Christians for some time might start thinking about or even humming the tune of that famous hymn. You know, it's been estimated that Amazing Grace, the hymn, is sung annually around the world about 10 million times. And so that makes it arguably the the, uh, most loved and most well-known hymn in the English-speaking world. Like me, when I sing Amazing Grace, I tend to place myself in that position and start thinking of the amazing grace of God in my life and what that's achieved for me and all that that brings. And that's true. But recently I looked into how and why the hymn Amazing Grace was written and it added a, a profound understanding Uh, to me of the grace of God. And I wanted to share that with you this morning. Englishman John Newton was born in 1725, 300 years ago almost, and he wrote Amazing Grace in 1772. It's a song clearly of another era, but a song with a message for our times too. Newton had a troubled childhood. He had an abusive childhood, difficult childhood in in those days back in England um, and was compounded by the fact that his own mother died when he was but six years of age. 
And as he grew up, he, he became into his early teenage years, he found himself forced into the Royal Navy. He was press ganged, is what they call it, into the Royal Navy and forced to work on ships. But he made the most of that and, and began to study uh, you know, working on ships and he became a shipmaster himself as he became older. But so brutal was the Royal Navy's treatment of its sailors out on the open ocean that several times he tried to desert his post and you know, run away, if you like, from the Navy, but without effect. Years later, he was captaining a ship off West Africa and his whole crew abandoned him. It was in difficult waters and they just went, you know what, we're out of here. And they just left him. In order to get back to England, he had to, as a ship's captain, take work as a deckhand on a slave trading ship back to London. On his return, as happened with a lot of shipmasters in those days, he became involved in the slave trade. Um, and he did this for many years. He, he says in memoirs about him that he brought slaves from Africa multiple times, multiple times in his life, and also later admitted to uh, treating those slaves very, very badly. In 1754, on one of those voyages, John Newton became gravely ill. They were in the middle of a hurricane in the northern Atlantic, and um, you can imagine these days, even if you're on a big you know, container vessel, that would be bad enough. But when you're on such a small wooden vessel as was those days, it'd be horrific. And he, be- he became deathly ill. And the ship foundered and was a- about to sink. And though not a religious man at that time, John Newton cried out to God and said, Save me! Save my men! Save my ship! He was desperate and so turned to God, as many of us do in desperate times. Well, he survived, and so did the ship, and so did his crew, and so began his journey of faith in Christ. John Newton returned to England and totally abandoned the slave trade, walked away from even being a shipmaster uh, at sea, left the Navy, left left. Uh, shipfaring in totally, and began to wholeheartedly devote his life to the service of God. In 1764, just 10 years after that fateful event, John Newton was ordained as an Anglican priest and he became a very popular speaker and preacher uh, in, in that church movement and a hymn writer. And history records that he's written over 280 hymns, one of which we know, which is Amazing Grace. After that time, in the late 1700s, John Newton fought alongside a man called William Wilberforce. Some of you may know from history, he led the successful parliamentary campaign to abolish the African slave trade from England. John Newton spoke out strongly against slavery as someone who had been deeply embedded in it and saw the tragedy of it. And just for the record, at that time, when Wilberforce and Newton were leading that charge, uh, slavery was entirely a a legal thing around the world. It was not illegal to trade in, in human beings. Well, he lived long enough, just long enough, to see the British Parliament pass the Abolition of Slavery Act in 1807. 
And John Newton actually died a few months after that. You know, his remorse and repentance led him to write Amazing Grace. You can see it in the lyrics, if you can bring them to mind. He wrote, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, now I see. And in another stanza, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. But it's grace that has brought me safe thus far. And it's grace that will lead me home. He's talking about the grace of God. He's not talking about luck. What is grace? Grace simply means the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favour of God. Nothing we can do to acquire it other than to receive it. It is entirely the work of Jesus Christ, who himself is the greatest display of grace. You know, everything we receive, everything you and I have, the very breath that we breathe, let alone our possessions, let alone our relationships, let alone um, our jobs, Everything we have comes simply through the grace of God. And John Newton, in his moment, realised that. He knew that grace was the only thing that can truly liberate a human being. The grace of God active in the world um, freed not only slaves, but all of us from a life of trying to earn favour. And God's, God's grace was so amazing Uh, is so amazing and was so amazing to John Newton that he was caused to say, how sweet is the sound of it? You know the words? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. But what was it to Newton that made God's grace so sweet? I think there's something that we can know today about the grace of God. And I wanted to look at that song, just four standards in that song to help unpack the gospel this morning. The first sweet sound is Newton wrote, it saved a wretch like me. A wretch, old-fashioned word, guarantee you didn't wake up this morning and call someone a wretch. Um, Very old-fashioned word, but very appropriate in context if you know the definition. But first, the bad news. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I did a bit of research on that and looked up the word all. You know what it means? All. All. (laughs) everything, everyone, none of us are exempt. We all sin. We all fall short of the glorious standard that God requires. But the good news, that is in the very depths of our sin. Jesus showed the depth of his love for us all. No exceptions. The Bible also says, for God so loved the righteous and the good people. For God so loved the world. You know it. God loved the world. There are no exceptions. God's love and grace reaches out to all who would receive it. The Apostle Paul wrote this, God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get your life cleaned up. He doesn't want you to go to college and learn how to be a good person and then come to Jesus. Jesus will do the cleaning if you will come to him. And Newton realised this. He also realised that his profiting from the slave trade made him a most wretched man. 
And yet, Jesus paid the ultimate price with his life that even John Newton might be saved. How amazing is that? The second stanza in the the song says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. The gospel records when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Ever seen sheep without a shepherd? It's like (laughs) running around everywhere. Very appropriate sometimes to parallel sheep to people. That's how Jesus finds us all at one point. Lost, helpless, harassed. But there is good news. And Jesus said, I have come to seek and save the lost. If you're feeling lost, if you're feeling harassed and helpless, if you are just feeling poorly, Jesus is here to save even today and even you. You know, Newton knew that he had lost his way as a human being. He also knew that he couldn't find his own way out. But in his rich grace, Jesus came and found him. Isn't that great? We may know that we are lost. That was me at one time. Jesus came and found me. And Jesus can come and find you even today. The third stanza from the song which helps us understand you know, the gospel was, uh, Newton wrote, I was blind, but now I see. Have you ever played that party game where you put a blindfold on and someone has to walk you around the room? And they've got to technically stop you from bumping into chairs and tables and other people and, and that sort of thing. You've got to trust them. You know, it can be very daunting. It can be very disorienting, you know, taking away the sense of sight. Um, and you have to just trust the other person that can also be not natural to us. John Newton discovered that without Jesus as a guide, we are all spiritually blind. All of us are spiritually blind. And it's more than difficult. It's actually impossible, Jesus says, to find our way out without him. You know, this is where God's grace comes into play and why it is so amazing. You see, grace gives us the spiritual eyes to see so that we can walk in God's ways. God even gives us the spiritual sight to see the life that he needs us to live. That is grace. He doesn't expect us to earn it. He just delivers up us, uh, it to us by the very fact that we receive him. And when we begin to see ourselves as we truly are and we begin to understand a little bit about how God sees the world, we see there's a difference between God's expectation and where we as a people are living and we can grow into that difference. We can step into that gap and make a difference on behalf of Christ. And Newton knew that he had been blind to the suffering he was causing and blind to the plight of the people he had enslaved. Jesus said, God sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Newton, by his, uh, Jesus, by his grace and mercy, opened the spiritual eyes of John Newton and he began to see that the way of repentance would help eradicate evil in his own life and potentially in the world 
as he had perpetuated it. Which leads me to the fourth and final stanza of the song, and grace my fears relieved. Funny way of saying that, you know, grace relieved me from fear. In the first letter of John, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus is the personification of perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. And fear can be extremely debilitating, can it not? Anxiety can be very debilitating. But God's grace rids us of fear by delivering to us his perfect, unearned, freely given love. Grace isn't just God's wishful thinking for us. It's his power and his love. You know, Newton lived with a lot of fears in his life. He, He lived with the fear of loss and rejection and abuse and anger and death. And when he came to Jesus for grace, he received it and all those were gone. He was freed to be an agent of God's righteousness in a broken world. A broken man with Jesus stepping into the gap in a broken world. And you may know that together with many others, John Newton helped remove slavery from England and then from the Americas and then from the known Western world and beyond. It was his work based on his repentance and the power of Christ, along with others like William Wilberforce, that did that. He opened his life to the saving grace of Jesus. And John Newton started becoming. John Newton started becoming a disciple of Jesus. And make no mistake, it may be an ancient song in an ancient time, but his legacy is significant And carries for us today. And his hymn about grace, well, it truly is amazing. You know, you may feel that you are beyond God's grace. I used to feel that. You may believe that how can God love you, given the things that you have done or not done that you should have. But if Jesus' grace can reach out to someone like John Newton, a slave trader, and if Jesus can reach out to someone like me, then there's heaps of grace for you as well. I want us to stand and sing Amazing Grace. I want us to remember Jesus' amazing grace as we do that. And to know today... He is risen.